Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, anyhow, we have been talking about for, oh, this is probably going to the fourth week or so about considering God's ways. And I'm talking about building, you know, an unshakable faith. And we live in pretty shaky times, don't we? We've been living in some pretty shaky times for some, some time now. But building an unshakable faith, you know, in these shaky times. But we need to always consider God's ways. Sometimes we think we got a really good idea and we can do things, but is it in line with God's ways? Is it in line with God's ways? Or we just think of something that's just us. It's just mere human. But anyhow, uh, I'd like Susan to share about wildfire. Could you share that with us? Yep. More than a thousand firefighters battled a wildfire fire for two weeks in the Black Hills of South Dakota. The fire started on August 24, 2000 and was not contained until September the 8th. Meanwhile, more than 80,000 acres of valuable timber burned. Janice Stevenson, 46, was arrested on suspicion of starting the fire. Can you imagine someone intentionally starting a fire to destroy Thousands of acres. I I can't fathom why somebody would do that. She pled guilty to second degree arson, was sentenced to 25 years in the South Dakota State Penitentiary. 25 years for starting a fire? And ordered to pay restitution in the amount of $42,204,155.48. Can you imagine that? And being in prison. And, and she intentionally started the fire. Federal investigators who filed charges against Stevenson says she admits stopping by a road on August 24th, lighting a cigarette, and tossing the still-burning match on the ground. Rather than putting out the fire, an affidavit said she looked at it and decided to leave the area. Like starting a forest fire, producing a wildfire with our tongues requires little effort. Rumors, half-truths, grumblings, sarcastic remarks, hurtful things said in the heat of anger, all of these smoldering matches have the potential for burning down acres of office morale, family peace, and church unity. Wow. You mean that our words can be as destructive as fire? Yes. Have you ever have you ever seen it when you someone started something and somebody it catches hold and it's kind of contagious and then they just begin to spread it and spread it and spread it, whether it's in your job or your family, your church or whatever or wherever. That kind of stuff happens a lots of times, you know. And uh, let me just read you a passage here, or um, I'm going to let you read it. I'll just interrupt you if I want to. Is that okay? Sounds good. All right. James chapter 3, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters. So this is talking about? Church, family, people. That's it. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. If we could control our tongues? He said, if we could control our tongues, we could be perfect. How about that? And we could also control ourselves in any other way. Do you have some areas that you need to really work on in other areas of your life? Those disciplines, if you could learn to control your tongue, you could learn to control all those other areas. And and the scripture says, be perfect. Isn't that pretty amazing Mm -hmm. when you think about it? Verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Its mouth. You control its mouth and you control the horse. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. You've got a bit there, you know. And you control the horse, whether you're riding him 
or using one of the big old draft horses to pull great big logs or something other. If you control the horse's mouth, you can control the whole horse. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. You ever been on sailboats? Seen those beautiful sailboats? And the rudder is so small compared to the size of the ship and the, the sails. But that little bitty rudder can control the whole ship of all these massive waves hitting against it and the wind hitting against it. A little rudder is like a tongue. It's small, but it can control the ship. It's, it's like the bit in a horse's mouth. That little old bit controls this massive, powerful animal and our tongue. If you can gain control over the tongue, you can control every area of your life, and the Bible says, and you become perfect. That's pretty fascinating when you think about it. It's amazing. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. So when the tongue starts its destructive work, it says that that was inspired by hell itself. When it starts destroying things because of the tongue, as small as it is, can do a lot of damage, and it can bring a lot of destruction. That's what he's saying here. Our words are so powerful. They really are. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Those who have been made in the image of God. Wow. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. It's not right for that woman to burn down those 84,000 acres of land. That wasn't right, was it? No. And she was penalized greatly because of it. And it's not right for us to bring about destruction to another man or a woman or a family or an office, you know, or a church, or a business, or a neighborhood. It's not right of us to bring destruction by our mouth. Get control of your tongue. The Bible says you'll be perfect. You know, that's what he says. We would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Pretty fascinating. You mean I could control my appetite? I could control my health, my exercise, my diet? If... If you can control your mouth, you can control all those other areas of your life. Wow, it's pretty fascinating when you think about it. Okay, let's look on over here to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. I'm sorry, 16, 27. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. So if your words become a destructive blaze, the Bible calls you a scoundrel, a dishonest, unscrupulous person is what it's talking about. You need to get a hold of your words. Have you ever just been kind of half-hearted and you're chatting around somebody and you start going the way we naturally can go? Negative. Talking talking about, well, this and that and all. And we can do that, but he says scoundrels they create trouble with their words. Their words are destructive, are destructive blaze. And we've been talking about this for some time now about the words. And, and we're doing a little bit of a review and launching out into some new material as well. Genesis one twenty seven. So God created human beings in his own image. He created us with the ability to speak. That's why he created us in his image God has the ability, and we ran it through Genesis chapter 1 last week. God created everything with his word. And you and I have creative power, destructive power, and we have productive power with our words. Powerful, powerful, wonderful, magnificent things happen through your words. But also destructive things can happen as well. 
So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. He, he created them what gender? Male and female. To be honest with you, if you cannot choose your own gender. God chose to make men and he chose to make women. That's that's. The Almighty, the Most High, the Creator of heavens and earth, He has a, a, a perfect plan for each and every one of us. And, and He didn't leave that up for us or some know-it-all doctor or somebody who thinks that they can play God. But God created them, the people who were created in His image. He created them male and female. And there are those who would like to try to, because you and I are created in the image of God. People would like to try to mess that up so we wouldn't think about God. Listen to what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Today I have given you the choice. The choice. God tells us he's given us a choice. Between life and death. Between life and death. Blessed between blessings and curses. So it's life and blessings, you know, death and curses. We have this choice. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. And God says, choose life. You got a choice. God doesn't force forgiveness on you. And God doesn't force heaven on you. But he surely says, choose life and blessings. He advocates which choice to to take, but he's given us the choice. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. This is the key to your life, and it's a choice that you make. It's the key to your life, and it's a choice that you make. And if you love and obey the Lord... You will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Life and death, blessings and curses are a choice. And we make this choice daily with our mouth. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. It genuinely is. And we'll make the choices by the things that we say every day of our life. It's so Vital that we grasp a hold of speaking truth and we we speak life and we speak blessings. It's a choice that we have every day. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 is kind of tying up uh, some of our review here. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You, You will reap the consequences of bad talk or good talk. Some people just love to, to gossip. Some people just love to talk bad. Some people just love to talk good. And they love talking about Jesus. And they love encouraging people and, and so forth. But he says the tongue can bring death and life. And those who love to talk about death or life will reap the consequences. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 31 says. This is the Message Bible. It says a good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. Is a clear a good person's mouth is a clear fountain. It's a fountain of wisdom. Now, I think we all like wisdom. And he says, a good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. Do you have wisdom? You know people in your life who do have wisdom? Yes. Well, he goes on. He didn't stop there. He goes on and he continues here. A foul mouth. A foul. Have you ever heard of foul mouth? We can't repeat what a foul mouth says here, okay? Blankety blank, 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 you know? A foul mouth is a stagnant swamp. That's what God's Word says. If you've got a foul mouth and you're saying very inappropriate things, you've got a mouth like a stagnant swamp is what he says. The speech of a good person clears the air. The speech of a good person, it it, it clears the air of anything that would be harmful, you know, anything that would be stinking, you know. He says it right here, 
You know, the speech of a good person clears the air. The words of the wicked pollute it. The words of wicked people pollutes the air. You know, and it may not make it stink physically, but it surely stinks with everything it's trying to create. Destructiveness. This is all by the mouth, you know. What are you pumping into other people? Are you pumping in this clear fountain or this stagnant swamp? Have you ever heard the song that goes like, a, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And I want to tell you, a river of life flows out of our mouth. When you're speaking a, a kind word, an encouraging word, you're speaking to someone else, you're complimenting them, you're developing a relationship and, and speaking truth and, and things that will give them wisdom and encouragement. And show that you care about them and you love them. The Bible says to love your neighbor as you love yourself, you know. So what about you? Is your, is your mouth a river of life? I've got a river of life. Is your mouth a river of life or is your mouth a stagnant swamp? If some of our ushers could bring some of the breath mints up here <laughs> for us. No. Is our mouth a river of life or a stagnant swamp? Or is, is our mouth a toxic waste dump? I've been around some people whose mouth was a toxic waste dump. Have you ever heard any of them? Yes. You know? And, and, and people choose that. They genuinely do. We talked about it last week. We bit in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth... There again, what's going to come out of the mouth? Is it going to be a river of life? Is it going to be this wonderful, you know, what did that say? This thing that cleans the air? You remember? A good, the speech of a good person cleans the air. A clear fountain. A clear fountain cleans the air. But what happens? What, what, what do you have as an alternative? A foul mouth? A stagnant swamp. So you think about this. What about you? Is your mouth a river of life? Is, is your mouth a stagnant swamp? Is, is your mouth a toxic waste? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And you believe in your heart. And that's where all my words come from. Comes from a heart. Yes. And if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You're saved. Fountain of of life, a fountain of living water comes out, and it brings about a transformation that we're talking about here. Transformation, you know, making a fully devoted follower of Christ. Transformation comes when our words that are coming out of our heart—they're good and they're clean. They're they're wholesome. Is what we're talking about. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse thirteen says, "We're not keeping this quiet, not on your life." Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe. We do say what we believe. You know, good or bad, we, we say what we believe. Even if the team that you choose to win the Super Bowl loses, if you say it, it's because you believe it. I'm just kind of picking on you guys right now. But the thing of it is, we really do say what we believe. You know, and you begin to read the Bible, it changes us, it transforms us. It really does transform us, and it changes us to be more and more Christ-like. It genuinely, genuinely does. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. We talked about that last week, and, and we're just about done with our little bit of a review. But we had a snare up here, and we saw a snare is very destructive. But we often... We get in a snare, we get in a trap because of the words that we say. It gets us in a whole heap of trouble. And then he says here in, in Mark chapter eleven twenty three, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. 
And it, it will, will happen. happen. Whatever you're saying, and when it comes out of the heart, it comes out of the mouth, because it originated in the heart, it's going to happen. What are you saying? Hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hey, I, I, can, I, can, uh, I can ace this test here. I can do that. I can accomplish this. Or we run around going, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do nothing. I, 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 I'm a loser. What are we saying for mouth? It traps us. It traps us. And then Isaiah 55, verse 11. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay the on the ground. and the snow. And we've had a, a wee bit, not too much, but we'll have our object lessons show up in a week or two. Who knows, you know? The rain and the we've snow. We've had plenty of rain. Yeah, we have, we've had plenty of that. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. This is God saying, every time you have something to eat, you recognize how it got here. You know, that loaf of bread, that sandwich you have, you recognize, you know, rain, snow, they the melted, it watered the, the, the ground, it made things to grow. He says here, it, 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 it grows, it causes grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. You know what it says there? It is, Go ahead. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. God says, I send out my word and it always produces food, fruit. And sometimes he sends it out in this form right here. And a man or a woman takes it and they read it or they hear it talked about. And, and it goes into here. And then it comes out again. It just keeps on moving and moving and producing and producing. That's what he says here. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces 100% fruit. 100% of the time it produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. 100% of what God wants it to do, his word will accomplish that. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. 100% it will prosper everywhere I send it. So says almighty God. Matthew nineteen twenty six says with God. Now let's say those two words together. With God. Can we say it again? With God. Now, with God, that, that, that changes everything. With God, all things. And, and what is all things? 100%. All things. With God, all things are possible. So are you facing right now, you know, impossible looking situations possibly in your life? But with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. With, God, with God, all things are possible. And we're created in his image. And we learn his word. And we learn to pray his word. We, we, we learn to speak his word. And life and death is, is, is in our tongue. It's in our mouth. And we can speak life. We can speak life. We can create. He in, created us so we could create the same way. He does. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Cursed. When you just put your trust in mere humanity that excludes God. Well, we don't have nothing to do with God. We're just going to figure it out. Whatever it is with our own human mind, we don't need God. He says here, This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, in a creature that was created. God is the creator. We are the creature. He created us. But he's the creator. He is greater than we are. He put us here for a purpose, you know. And he goes on and saying, let's make sure that's connected. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans and turn their hearts away from the Lord. You ever seen mere humans make a mistake? Yes. You know, we studied and read about this a long time ago when I was in school. This uh, big boat, it was called... uh, The Titanic. The Titanic. Have you ever heard about the Titanic? And the great engineers and all the people who had made some investments into this whole deal, and they had something to gain from it, they were the secular, the, the human people who said, 
This ship is so awesome and so fantastic, God himself couldn't sink this ship. Uh, that's in here. Look it up. It's in history. They said that. I, I couldn't imagine having the audacity to think you you know more and bigger and that you would, you know, curse God basically by telling him that. You know, even God himself couldn't sink this ship. What what happened to the ship? It sank. It sank. Don't ever play with your words like that with the Almighty God, you know? Men said that. This is mere humanity. Let's pick up here in verse uh, 6 in Jeremiah 17. Verse 6 says, they are like stunted shrubs. That's now, who is they? The, those who put their trust in humans and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They who put their trust in humans and turn their heart away from the Lord. That was verse 5. Verse 6 says, they are like stunted shrubs in the stunted. desert. Stunted. That's, that's underdeveloped shrubs. They've not blossomed and grown and matured. They're just stunted. They, those who don't trust in God, they're like stunted shrubs in the the desert. desert. You know, is is your faith in God underdeveloped and stunted? Is there room in your life for your faith to grow? Yes. Let's continue there. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. No hope. Hope is a confident expectation for the future. But when we don't put our trust in God, we have no confident expectation. We have no hope. We've become very hopeless is is what he's talking about right here. They will live in the barren wilderness on the salty flats where no one lives. You know what a salty flat is? Have, have you ever been to that place called Death Valley? I've, I've been there. And I'm going to tell you, it was like 9 o'clock at night before we left. And it was 100 and some odd degrees, somewhere around there. You know, and it was a salty. We got out and walked around and it was salty. All kinds of minerals and salt. And they talked about the minerals there because it's one of the lowest places. So when it rains, any water comes, it all goes downhill and ends up in Death Valley. And you know why they call it Death Valley? Lots of stuff dies there, don't it? It dies. It, it don't really grow. And if it does grow, it's stunted at the best. And he says here, so where, where was that there? They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness on the salty flats where no one lives. Verse on 7. On the salty flats. Hmm. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Uh huh. Is this you is talking about those who trust in the Lord? You know, you've got unshakable faith in our unshakable God. You know, uh, and he says those who trust in the Lord have made the Lord their hope and confidence. The Lord is their confident expectation for their future. You know, they are like trees planted along a riverbank. Now imagine this, you got a river, and the water is just flowing down the river, and your trees aren't planted way out there in the desert somewhere, but your trees are planted beside the river. Well, what happens to the roots when your tree is planted right beside the river? They'll be watered. It finds the water, it can smell it. Those roots go down, and it finds that water, and it just sucks it up, and the tree becomes fruitful in the most difficult And hot and trying times. Can we continue with that, dear? They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. The trees aren't bothered by the heat. Or worried by long months of drought. They're they're not worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. Are, Are you serious? The leaves are staying green, although it's hot and it's really bad looking. But their leaves are green. And they go right on producing delicious fruit. Producing delicious fruit. Now, this is, this is like the people who are using God's word and they're speaking God's word. And it transforms us. Genuinely, it does. Matthew 5, verse 1 in the Message Bible. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him. And an apprentice to Jesus would have been called a disciple. disciple. 
Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. He said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Have you ever been at the end of your rope? Mm -hmm. He said, his words, God said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. There's less of you. Didn't John the Baptist say, I must decrease? Yeah, and greater is Yeah. But John, when he said, he said, I must decrease, that he would increase. But those verses, there's bunches of them verses that echo the same sentiment. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only. You're, you're blessed? How could that possibly be? You're blessed. When you feel you've lost what's most dear to you, how could that possible? Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you, and that's God. And he embraces us, and he loves us, and he has us here for a a short period of time. And we're pilgrims that are passing through, but he says, only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. Are you content with who you are? Well, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to be like this movie star. I want to be like that sports guy. I want to be like that. I want to be, I want to be, I want. uh, uh, Are you content with who you are? Let's read that again, dear. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You become the proud owner of everything that God's got. And he can create anything and everything. He genuinely can. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Whoa. What about that? Have you ever worked up a good appetite for God? A lot of things in this old world that we're going through, it helps to work up a good appetite. I just want more God in my life. I want more of God. He created us and he's got a purpose and a plan. And we're here for a period of time and we're pilgrims, as the Bible says, and we're passing through. That, that's what he's talking about, you know. And the moment we speak, you know, our words take root and begin to grow. So, so what are you saying about your future? What have you been saying about your future? What have you been saying about your family? What have you been saying about your family? What you been saying about your finances? What you been saying about your health? Because all of what you've been saying takes root and grows. And there's some of the things that come into, tries to get into our mouth and find an expression. We need to spit them out. Have you ever got a hold of something that was really bad and rotten? And something you was eating, it just tasted terrible? Yes. Should you just get a second bite or should you just spit it out? Spit it out. I think you should spit it out. That's what I'm talking about, you know? So be careful with your words because once they're said, once you've spoken those, it's hard to to get them back in. It's, it's, It's hard to do like a dog where the Bible says a dog returns to it, vomit, and it eats it up. And you're speaking some bad words it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad, and it's hard to get it back in. I just need a v- v- volunteer. Really? If you want to, you can help me. <laughs> Why don't you come over here so I can see your pretty face? <laughs> <laughs> Now, could you hold out your hand for me just a second? Okay. Now, this is called Cheese Wow. Okay. I'm not sure if I know how to make it work or not, but wow. Uh, that's why I just Cheese Wow. Now, if, if you don't mind. Wow. Here, I'm going to give you, you can use your other hand too. Can you get that back in that tube? <laughs> No. Well, then, ultimately, I think you have a mess. I do. And if, 
You got some towels back there? Thank you so much. Why don't you go, why don't you go meet you that eat young lady there? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, uh, Randy. You can have that if you want it. <laughs> thank you. This is our anointed coffee lady here, you know? Oh. Did you pre-warn her? <laughs> I did not. She's just on. She's, she's, she's connected, you know? Thank you so very, 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 very much. So lots of times, the words that we say, we wish we could get them back in. It's very difficult. Have you ever said something you wish you hadn't have said? Yes. So just remember the little illustration here about trying to get all that cheese wow back in the can. It don't work so good. And sometimes when them words come out of your mouth, no matter how hard you try, you can't get them back in. And if you did, it'd probably make you sick. You know, I kind of think, you know. So, anyhow, let's... uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Speak only good. I think you like other people to speak only good to you. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You like them to say, you know, helpful things to you. And you would like the words and the advice that they give to you to become like a gift. Something that's really valuable to you. Right? Mm -hmm. So he says, do unto others the same way you'd like them to do it to you. And Jesus asked the second greatest commandment. After you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And you do to them the way you'd like them to do to you. Colossians 4, 6 in the Message Bible says, be gracious in your speech. Gracious. The word gracious means kind. Be gracious. Be kind in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others. Is your goal to bring out the best in other people or to humiliate them and to embarrass them? Bring out the best. Or, or to bring out the worst in them. And, and he's telling us to do unto others as we like others to do unto us. Be gracious in your speech, in your words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others, you know, and then here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let me try and find the edge of this piece of paper. There we go. Say only what helps. Say only, can we say that together? Say, say only what helps. helps. Can we do it again? Say, say only what helps. helps. And what percentage is only? 100%. 100% of what you say should help other people. Who hear your words. Say only what helps. And then it says. Each word a gift. Now if it's not a gift. What can it be? It could be a curse. It could be poison. It could be a trap. It could be a lot of horrible terrible things. But he says here. For you. Say only what helps. That, that's, a, that's an easy principle to learn. Well. My words, if I'm going to say words, they got to help people. Have we ever been tempted to say things that don't help nobody? Yes. Maybe that hurts them possibly? He says, say only what helps each word, each, each word, each, no matter how tiny, each word a gift. I, I would think that would be a, a kind word. Somehow, if it was a gift, and like, wow, I, I value that word. You, you gave me that word. And, there's such wisdom. Oh, man, that really helped me. Thank you so very, very, very much, you know. So let's move on. But I would like this next passage to really become our daily prayer. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Kind. Oh, sent not the right one. Okay. You want me to skip? Okay. Proverbs, uh, Psalms 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth. Okay. How many of you guys have words in your mouth? And they come out on a regular basis. So may the words of my mouth. And the meditations of my heart. That means what I'm thinking about. May, may my words and the things that I'm thinking about. It's going around around in my mind. May the words of my mouth and the meditations. The things I'm, I'm chewing over and over and over. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. My rock and my redeemer. 
Now that's a prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. My Redeemer, my my Savior, my, my all. May everything that I say and everything that I think, may it please you. Now, Here's a, an easy way to figure it out. You think about it for a moment. Is all your words and all things you're thinking about today, were they pleasing God? Was everything you've been thinking about and talking about in the last month, is it 100%, has it been pleasing God? So, but it's a good prayer to pray. Lord, help me. Uh, make sure that the words of my, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. I don't want to be, I don't want to be speaking death. I don't want to be speaking bad things. I don't want to be you know, speaking this toxic waste. I don't want to be. I don't even be thinking that toxic waste. I don't want to do that. That's what he's talking about here. You know, so uh, you don't ever get up in the morning and go, "Well, this is going to be a bad day." <laughs> Why in the world would you want to start your day and you're creating? Something bad. Why would you want to start that? Because you create with your mouth and every word should be a gift. Even give yourself a gift. You know? And I think I could give myself a gift. It's like, wow, this is awesome. The best is yet to come. Don't that sound like you give yourself a gift that way? Anybody who you see along the way, you can, you know, if they're a little bit negative and they're down about the day, you can give them something positive. I'm sure you can find some hope, a confident expectation somewhere, you know. And you can tell them something good's going to happen to you today. I think that was a song once upon a time. I don't know the song, and y'all are probably thankful I don't know it. <laughs> well, something, something good's going to happen to you. Uh, yeah. You, you know it? You want to see it? Okay. All right. We'll do that another time. Okay? All right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 the word of God the word of God we've been talking about our words and God created us in his image so our words will be like his words and he says here the word of God is full of living power the word of God is full of living power so learn it read it you know study it pray it because the word of God is full of living power and faith comes by hearing his word. And, and, and we can get his word in our heart and then his word goes out of our heart and things experience transformation and things change. Genuinely does. Jeremiah 15 verse 16 says, Your words are what sustain me. And sustain me is... God, your, your words is what it nourishes me. It keeps me going. Isn't that a powerful verse there in Jeremiah 15 and 16? Your words are what sustain me. They bring me great joy. Great joy. And are my heart's delight. It's my heart's delight. God has something in his word for all of us that will lighten our load and will delight us. He for, says he brings uh, they bring me great joy, and they are my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. I, I, you know, how many of you would consider yourself a Christian? Do, do you, you know what Christian means? Christ like. When you say, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, I'm, I'm a Christian, uh, I bear his name. You know? I. I I follow him is, is what we're talking about, you know. Uh, oh, I forgot. I told you all this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I told you there was a $500 reward for the first person who memorized Psalms 119. And that's still going. No one has pulled me aside and said, I'm ready, Pastor Ron, but I'm sure somebody will, you know, eventually here. So if you still want that 500 bucks. And I'll tell you, the 500 bucks will be the smallest blessing you get out of it. You will get so many blessings out of Psalms 119. Just read it, you're blessed. But you start hiding it in your heart, you start memorizing it. Wow, you're talking about transformation, genuinely. But Psalms 119, verse 114, 
It you, says, "You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my only source of hope." That's what Psalms 119, verse 114 says. You are my refuge and, and my shield. Shield from what? Everything. Words, stones, arrows, bullets, fist, whatever it is, whatever it is that can hurt you. Says, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my only, 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 only source of hope. That's where my confident expectation comes from. From your word. My, my only hope. And, and then uh, you've probably heard this little song here. It goes like this. It goes, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way. He can make a way when it seems there is no way. You've come to a dead-end road. It seems like that. But don't say, I'm at a dead-end road. You, you know, Susan's got a whole bunch of scriptures. I can't give them all to you tonight. But we'll give them to you maybe by next week. Yes. We'll, we'll give you a, about 50 pages. <laughs> I don't really know for sure. We've been working on them, though. But we could email them to you yeah. or give you 50 pages. And it has a scripture, and it's a sp- scripture that you can just read and, and say or pray. Or f- it's got so many scriptures, you know, and we will call them the I Am's, you know. It's declarations of who God says we are, or decrees of who God says. A decree of who God is. Can you give us an example yes. of a couple of them maybe? Sure. I know we ain't got to where we was. Go, each of these has a scripture reference that it's from. I am a child of God. I am saved by grace. So when you're praying, you can say, the word of God says, Papa God, I come to you. I am a child of God. You can declare that. Can't you? Yep. That's what we do. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm I have, redeemed. I've been bought back from the hand of the, uh, the enemy. I have eternal life. I am free and forgiven. I am led by the Spirit of God. And again, these and are just these portions, portions of Scripture. Yeah, I belong to Christ. I am a new person. I am rescued from the curse. I am made by God. God will care for me. I am carried by God. Can I just share this one? This one really blessed me. When I read it today, I just started crying. It just, it was like, wow, this is something. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4, it says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. Throughout your lifetime, from beginning to the end. Until your hair is white with age. Now, wait a minute. Has anybody here got some white hair? We got some. Yes, we do. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. It just blessed me because my hair is getting white with age. So. Read, read one more time. I will be your God. I even liked it in the other translation I was reading it into. And you can choose whatever translation you want. This is New Living. Well, this is what we put it down as. And you can look it up in every translation you want. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. And, and these are declarations that you can make. Uh, just a part of that. You can mm-hmm. declare when you're praying, you know. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I am living by believing or by faith and not by sight. I'm rescued from the kingdom of darkness. I'm transferred into God's kingdom. I'm an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am united with Christ. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm the light of the world. I 
imitate God in everything I do because I am his child. I am dead to sin, I live for what is right, and I'm healed by his wounds or his stripes. Every one of these declarations is a passage she's just quoting it out of. I don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. God transforms me into a new person by changing the way I think. I am an heir to the blessings of Abraham. I have received the promised Holy Spirit. I do everything through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror, and overwhelming victory is mine. I am reconciled to God through Christ. I am brought into His presence. I am holy, blameless, and free from accusation. The riches and glory of Christ is for me. Christ Himself lives in me. I am firmly rooted in Jesus, and I am being built up in Him. My faith is growing strong. I overflow with thankfulness. I have been made complete in Christ. I have been buried, raised, and made alive in Jesus. I died with Christ and have been raised up with Christ. My sights are set on the realities of heaven. My life is now hidden with Christ in God. Christ is now my life. Um, I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. I am a child of light and not of darkness. I don't have a spirit of fear and timidity. I have been given a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. I have been saved and holy, set apart according to God's plan. I belong to God, and I am a holy partaker of a heavenly calling. I have the right to come boldly before the throne of God to find mercy and grace in time of need. I have been born again. My new life will last forever. Can we keep going? Sure. Um, They're they're memorizing everything you say. I'm a living stone being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. I'm a member of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I will show others the goodness of God. I am called out of darkness into Mm. his wonderful light. I'm a temporary resident and foreigner. I keep away from worldly desires that wage war against my soul. I'm alert and watchful. I'm an enemy of the devil. Would you ever dare say that? I'm an enemy of the devil. The Bible tells us you can resist him, but the scripture says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And you study this original language? He'll flee from you as in terror. The devil will flee from you because you are a child of God. And Almighty God then defeated him. When he thought he had Jesus out of the question, crucified and dead and buried. But three days later, what happened? Resurrection powers. I'm talking about. I better come down, haven't I? I have been given exceedingly great and precious promises by God. (laughs) by which I am a partaker of God's divine nature. I escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. I'm forgiven through Jesus. I've received the Holy Spirit anointed by Him, and He lives in me. The Holy Spirit teaches me everything I need to know. When Christ appears, I will be like Him. I am loved by God, and He sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away my sins. I have life in Christ. As God's child, I do not make a practice of sinning. God's Son holds me securely. The evil one cannot touch me. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am commissioned to make disciples. And that's just about a quarter to a half of them all. There's well, the so want to give you. Well, it's just taken me a while to look them all up, but yeah, there's a lot of them. If you can take these passages, everything she's quoting you is a scripture. Yeah. It's just a por- portion of that scripture and people learns like, I can do all things through Christ, you know. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You know, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the seed of Abraham and all his blessings rest my- You can memorize those passages, and when you pray the word, I'm talking about 
living power is released. And it comforts us. And it gives us such wisdom and encouragement. Does it not? Anyhow, I know we'll, we'll, we'll get those finished up and then we'll pass them out to everybody. Or if you want them digital, you know, or on a piece of paper, you know, however we can get them to you, we shall. And uh, our time is really up. But let me share one final thing. You remember Abraham? Abraham, who his name was Abram. And then as time progressed, God called him Abraham. And you remember what Abraham means? You know, Father of many nations. Father of many nations, of, of many people. And Abraham was pushing a hundred up there. He wasn't having no kids or nothing like that. But he continued to believe God. He continued to trust the almighty God. Well, let me just give it to you in the King James Bible where it says, God calleth those things which be not as though they were. Abraham didn't have no children, but God called the things that be not as though they were. He said, your name is no longer Abram. Your name is Abraham, the father of many peoples, of many nations. God said it. And and Abraham had no children. But what happened? They come a crying in in the tent over there. and, And his son was born. And, and, you know, when you continue to study the Bible time after time after time after time after time, do y'all remember a fellow by the name of Gideon? And there was a war going against him, and they were starving, and he snuck down there to where some of the, the grains and, and all were, the wheat and all. He was trying to get enough food for his family. He got down on what was called the, the threshing floor at night. He had a little uh, torch or something, and he got down there and he was trying to, to, to get some grain that he could take back to feed his children. And God sent an angel to Gideon. And God spoke to the angel and said, Oh, thou mighty man of valor. And he was hiding at the threshing floor so nobody would see him. And the angel speaking on God's behalf says, Oh, thou mighty man of valor, warrior. And he surely didn't look like a warrior at the time. But God calls those things. That are not. As they that are. are not as though they were. His creative power. And have you ever heard the scripture? Let me see if I can find it real quick. And I know we got to go. I know we do. But it says right here, uh, Joel 3.10, Beat your plowshares in the swords and your pruning hooks in the spears and let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong. Philippians chapter 4 verse 18. 18, yeah. It says, at the moment, this is Paul talking, at the moment, I have all. Now what percentage is all? 100%. I have 100% of what I need. At the moment, Paul said, I have all I need and more. I have all that I need and I have more than I need. So I'm not only meeting my needs, but I can help other people as well. At the moment, I have all I need and more. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all, 100%, your. And this is talking about you. And this same God who takes care of me, Paul said, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Are you in a relationship with Christ Jesus? Yes. That's where all your needs are going to be met at. And you can say, all my needs have been met in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can declare that as your statement, as the truth, because it is true and God has created you in his image with the ability to speak. Speak his words, life and death is in the power of our words. Oh, man. There's just so much stuff I'd just like to share, but we can't do it right now, can we? Nope. We probably shouldn't. But why don't we, if we could, and, you know, to declare that Jesus Christ is our Savior, if you already know him, reaffirm your faith in him. Declare it with your mouth. Let it come out of your heart. But if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, would you pray? 
from your heart and declare it maybe for the very first time ever. But declare that he is who he says he is. And he is the forgiver of your sins. He is your savior. And he's all that you need. So we can just bow our heads right now. And I would ask you, if you're here, if you're at home, if you would join as we pray together. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And I believe that you sent the Savior. And I believe that you sent the Savior. Your Son. Your Son. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You sent him into this world. You sent him into this world. To find me. To find me. And to pay for all my sins. And to pay for all my sins. And I know he gave his life on the cross. And I know he gave his life on the cross. So I would be forgiven. So I would be forgiven. And I know that Jesus has risen from the dead. And I know that Jesus has risen from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my Savior soon coming king and as my soon coming king help me always to use my words help me always to use my words in such a way to honor you in such a way to honor you in jesus name in jesus name amen amen, amen.